I'm Abby. And I'm Allie. And it's About Time for True Crime. Hey guys. Hello. How you doing? How's your day going? You know what? I think you are rocking that outfit today. You look good, girl. Girl, that butt looks good. You've been working out? I think you have. Damn. I'll be your, like the hype women in the bathroom at the bar. We're like, no, like, you're so pretty. Did I tell you I really want to come up with a bar that is just called the girls' bathroom? I love that. Like, there's no better place to be. Trademark. Yeah, TM. <laughs> ours. <laughs> but <laughs> I think that would be so fun. And, like, all of the waiters and waitresses and, like, bartenders, they just have to compliment you in the same, like, sloppy drunk way that girls do in the bathroom. Oh, my God. I just, like, love that. Oh, my God. Are those boobs so real? Girl. Uh, they are not real. <gasps> Shut up. You made those? <laughs> Remember in the sweetest thing when they're just like, no, really, touch them. They're real. Yep. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, really, they're grab real. one. No, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Allie made me watch this like chick flick from the 90s or early 2000s. And it's so cute, but it is so quintessential, like 90s, 2000s. Oh, even the jeans. like transitions between the scenes and everything is mm-hmm. like that faded out it's just it's the way they do it if you haven't seen it watch the sweetest thing it has do it though not around children or people that can't handle penis content oh no it is there's a whole entire song that's like about <laughs> penises but it's got um <laughs> it's got all of the good people christina applegate in it cameron diaz in it yeah, all the cuties oh and the um, is it selma blair i don't said her yes yes the woman who plays uh <sighs> what is her name in Legally Blonde? Not we- Reese yeah, Withers. The friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, well, the one who's not a friend and then her friend. Yeah. Vivian, yes. She's in there too. Very cute. Very yes, sweet. Yes, Selma Blair. We love her. We love the three of them. And all of the transitions, like Allie said, like they're all like the little colorful b- like boxes that fade across the screen and like swipe around. It's very cute. It yeah. definitely like dates itself when you watch it, but it's, it is really funny. It's good for a few laughs and... It's true. And also you guys it'll just take you back to like early microsoft i love it i don't it's know nostalgic. it's nostalgic yeah it's good it's funny but it's it's a chick flick it's what you'd expect so yes but there's a scene in the in the bathroom of a bar and that's really all you need to know um also i think that if i have a bar called like the girl's bathroom i mean i'm I can maybe workshop that a little, but you know what I mean. Like the the girls' bathroom at a bar is the place to be. What about just the powder room? Ooh, <sighs> powder up, mm-hmm. little puff on your nose. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone will be like, "Damn, bitch, you look great." And also, everyone will be like, "Damn, where do you get those jeans?" <laughs> and if you come in there, you are required to tell people where you got your clothing, even if it's a thrift shop or like secondhand. That's fine. But if somebody asks, that's like. That's the cover fee. Yeah, you don't be, be that like, bitch. Damn girl. 70% off an American Eagle. Like, shoot shot. Here's the code I used. Yeah. Let me airdrop it to you. <laughs> damn. Don't um, be selfish. Truly. It's my turn to take a selfish. <laughs> <laughs> you had selfish last time, David. <laughs> Ew. Ew, David. Do you guys watch Shit Screen? We do. We've wa- Well, we've watched it, I don't know, three times over. Oh, God. So many. Too many times? Uh-huh. Um, our first, so my Alexis Rose impression has been suffering a little, but it gets pretty good when I watch it a lot and she will f- slip into like an Alexis Rose. Like if you say something she doesn't like, she goes, oh, David, 
which was worse when we worked with someone named david and it was like no it's not you and he hadn't watched it yet so we had to be like Shit, fu- uh, david not you david not you david the Ooh, other david, david. not mm, mm, not you and then he <laughs> did watch it and he'd go around and like boop your yep. nose but um our first christmas our coworker got me a plant and a sticker of alexis rose booping and i was like i have been seen i have been trademarked and i have been heard accurate. i have been heard i am understood here it's true um but with that being said there are other not so fun things to understand that we should get into oh i was afraid you were gonna say that so Allie and i have been having some audio issues so we are not quite as chatty in the beginning of this one as other ones but we are going to try to get it done girl what do we have to look forward to in this episode today we're going to be doing part one of the evidence i know i was going to try to get them into one but the last time i did a run through of this it was just over two hours so that seems unlikely Yeah, I think it's good that we're going to break this up into two. So for part one of this John Bonet series, we are going to be doing the evidence upon the initial walkthrough of the house, and we're going to be focusing in on the ransom note, which for me is exciting and for everybody else is daunting as hell. Yeah, but it's also a novel. It's true. You guys, it's going to be like an open mic night for me tonight. Wait, is this like an open mic night every night? kind of cute except with like no audience we should start (laughs) figuring out that like slam poetry timing you know the one oh i hate mom mom no where are the fruit loops (laughs) (laughs) i think that slam poetry is so interesting because when it's done right it's pretty immersive but when it's not it's just funny as hell and if you're seeing it at an open mic night you're getting the Ladder the, usually yeah yeah uh, I mean, unless like, you're like your town's shining star do what makes you happy but that is just it's just not for me it's true and you know what it's all good we can be bad at things sometimes we can practice and the next time can be the result that's okay that's okay so let's get into it all right do it take me back where are we we are in 1996 december Okay. Going through the house. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yes. That's right. So, there's a murder. There's been a murder. There's um, been a murder in Savannah. <laughs> no one remembers that. It's in Boulder. No, but in the office. I, I know, babe. I was just being like, I don't want to be cheeky. Like in Boulder. Being Boulder. Savannah. I hardly know her. Oh, wow. <laughs> we were due for that. Okay. <sighs> you guys, you guys. I found out when I moved out here that there is a town in Maine called Bangor. It's Bangor. N- no, it's Bangor. It's Bangor. Bangor, I hardly know her. I'm done. It's perfect. <laughs> I love it. It's going to sound like I'm leaving, but really I'm over here. <laughs> <laughs> step, 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 step. <laughs> yes. That was Allie leaving. Sorry. I was more entertained by that than probably any of you will be, but... Um, We are in 1996 doing a walkthrough of the Ramsey home after we have discovered John Benet's sweet baby angel body. Mm. She, by the way, during all of this is on the fucking couch because nobody got her body for eight damn hours after they found it. That upsets me so much. It really upsets me. When I learned that, that's like all I can think about with context for the rest of this is like there were people walking up and down this house. 
And her body was just there. Like, it was just there. I know. For and that's, eight hours. That's what I mean. It's like, she's, like, tucked in on the couch. It's like, you just, like, what do you just, like, lay her there? Yeah, she was under a blanket, but yeah. She's a baby. She's a baby. And she's cold. And she was hurt. Yeah. And I just want to hold her. I mean, I have, like, no idea, like, for reference what size. Like, I don't have kids and I don't see kids often. So, I'm like, I see a kid. I'm like, is he four or is that, like... 11 like i have <laughs> yeah. no idea but i know like little six-year-olds it's like first grade right yes oh. there was a picture of her with like her little backpack and I she's know. still small enough for her backpack is like much bigger than her and that's on our instagram if you want to see it i'm just yeah. saying you guys so that's where we're at yeah. we're in the house and i just wanted to first off go and list off some of the evidence that they found on this initial walkthrough i found this in a report from lou smith that detective um that the da hired alex hunt right so yes i do believe that was from the initial investigation walkthrough even though it was published by lou smith okay um so i just wanted to quickly again go over those points there's only a few of them and then we're getting into the motherfucking ransom note Ooh, sorry you guys i paused for a second so i could have some sugar and now it's hitting. Is that song on Spotify or? Um, no, but one of my favorite pickup lines someone has used on me is why aren't you in Spotify's hottest singles? Oh. And I was like, oh, my God, you're right. Why aren't I? Thank you so much. No, thank you. But why aren't I? Why? Why am I not? <laughs> Spotify. Get on it. Anyhow. So. <laughs> The initial walkthrough indicated a few things that they wanted to test further. And you guys, in part two, we are going to go more in depth on John Bonet's body, but also on things related to like the house scene. I just wanted to go so we knew what they had to go off of when they were interpreting this ransom note. The first thing that was noticed was faint markings on a suitcase under a brown basement window on the wall. Under the window might be footprints. Smith theorized that an intruder might have put his foot against the wall to steady himself while crawling through the window. So I don't know if you remember the basement layout and there was that window where they thought the intruder crawled through, you know, do you remember that? I do. I do remember that. Okay. Because they saw that little footprint. Yes. And then that is the suitcase underneath the window. So that's where they think that came from. Seems very strategically placed, if you ask me. Same. But I'm not in, like, the camp of loving the Ramsey family. Same. Um, same same and not same, but same. <laughs> I mean, you know more about this than I do at this point because I haven't done, like, a deep read-through of stuff in a very long time on this case. I am so far into this case. But you have been pouring over this for weeks now that... Had I been alive when this happened, someone in investigation would have looked into me already. But the thing is, is even though, like, were we paying attention to this case at this time? Absolutely not. But did we still grow up with it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's where a big part of our true crime fascination has come from, because we saw this, too. Like, our generation, I feel like, got the immediate aftermath of the latchkey generation, 
where all of this shit like really started coming to people's attention and being brought up in news like you know the 70s and the serial killers man yeah the 70s 80s and 90s were like so crazy with crime and it wasn't until the 2000s and really like the 2000s and today yes that really talked about all of the things that were happening at the exact same time in all the different parts of the country right and we're starting to get that mix of history of these kinds of crimes and knowledge so we're starting to learn from these things and history is still repeating itself but hopefully with the goal that we won't have to see it repeated so frequently so the next thing that was found was a peanut shaped foam packing material and leaves found on the basement that could have been tracked inside it was right under that window again and fibers on a metal baseball bat found outside of the Ramsey's home did match a carpet found in the basement near where John Benet's body was found. So the baseball bat was found outside. Yes. But, but it, it had remnants of something that was inside the house. Yes. The baseball bat was found outside, but had fibers from right around where John Benet's body was found. That's that carpet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's not good. No. There was also DNA evidence from JonBenet's fingernails and underpants, mm. um, which indicated her attacker was a male. Although, I'll put a quick asterisk in this. As we've talked about, technology sort of advances with people, and we did not have enough DNA to test to make sure that the DNA between her fingernails and her long johns were both male, but the one in the long johns certainly was. There was just not enough to confirm a match. So we don't know if the fingernail DNA will turn up to be male or not. Likely, but we don't know for sure. And lastly, there were some marks on JonBenet's face and back that could have been made by a stun gun. Um, the coroner, Michael Doberson, or Doberson, said that after examining Smith's photos of the wounds, he agreed a stun gun could have been used. The only thing that's weird about that is even though the coroner agreed that it could have been a stun gun, the Boulder police chief at the time, Mark Beckner, thought that there was evidence contradicting the use of a stun gun. Interesting. I don't know exactly what that is that he thought contradicted it, but he did. So we have the coroner saying this is a stun gun. We have the Boulder police chief saying, I'm not so sure. Right. So basically the coroner agreed that it could have been. The okay. coroner didn't say for sure. Oh, okay. Because, you know, it's a stun gun. It's not going to, like, tase you and leave marks. It would just subdue you for a moment. So right. it would probably be a little harder to prove. But the police chief did not necessarily agree. And why would you, ne- like, I know this sounds terrible, but why would you need a stun gun to subdue a six-year-old? She's six. She's tiny. I know. It's like, ugh. This poor kid. She cannot catch a break. She never did from the moment she was born. No. And it, that is one of the most frustrating pieces of this whole thing. So then that is going to wrap up basically the initial pieces of evidence that they found on that walkthrough beyond the ransom note, which we all know was there because it was found at the bottom of the stairs. What an odd place to leave a ransom note. Right. So, now we're going to get into the ransom note. So, the ransom note states, I'm going to read it all the way through first, and I actually have all of the lines broken down by line number, so if you're following along at home, you can look at all the comments we have 
first, but I'm going to do one quick read through first. So when this episode is posted, we will have an Instagram post, like with all of our episodes, to accompany this to sort of give a little bit of light of what we're talking about in the episode. And in this one, we will be sure to have the ransom note so that if you want to follow along while we're talking about it, you'll just have it on our Instagram page if you want. Hell yeah. Head on over. Mm-hmm. So the ransom note reads... Mr. Ramsey, listen carefully. We are a group of individuals that represent a small foreign faction. We respect your business, but not the country that it serves. At this time, we have your daughter in our possession. She is safe and unharmed, and if you want her to see 1997, you must follow our instructions to the letter. You will withdraw $118,000 from your account. $100,000 will be in $100 bills and the remaining $18,000 in $20 bills. Make sure that you bring an adequate size attache to the bank. When you get home, you will put the money in a brown paper bag. I will call you between 8 and 10 tomorrow to instruct you on delivery. The, mon- the delivery will be exhausting, so I advise you to be rested. If we monitor you getting the money early, we might call you early and arrange an earlier delivery of the money and hence an earlier delivery crossed out pickup of your daughter. Any deviation of my instructions will result in the immediate execution of your daughter. You will also be denied her remains for the proper burial. The two gentlemen watching over your daughter do not particularly like you, so I advise you not to provoke them. Speaking to anyone about your situation, such as police, FBI, etc., will result in your daughter being beheaded. If we catch you talking to a stray dog, she dies. If you alert bank authorities, she dies. If the money is in any way marked or tampered with, she dies. You will be scanned for electronic devices, and if any are found, she dies. You can try to deceive us, but be warned that we are familiar with law enforcement countermeasures and tactics. You stand a 99% chance of killing your daughter if you try to outsmart us. Follow our instructions and you stand a 100% chance of getting her back. You and your family are under constant scrutiny as well as the authorities. Don't try to grow a brain, John. You are not the only fat cat around, so don't think that killing will be difficult. Don't underestimate us, John. Use that good southern common sense of yours. It's up to you now, John. Victory, SBTC. So bizarre. What the fuck is all of that? What did you just read? What the fuck is all of that? That just sounds like a very poorly written blog post. Me and my husband, um, we were walking in the woods one day and he was like, I want to kidnap a girl. And I said, okay. And while we were going through that, it was really a strain on our marriage. And I I just wanted to provide you this pumpkin bread recipe that brought it back together. (laughs) (laughs) And I just didn't particularly like him much. John. 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 And then first, Mr. Ramsey. But John. John. So. Like, what? Okay. Read it. But like, as a rose saying it, like. Mr. Ramsey, <laughs> like Alexis, <laughs> listen carefully. Mm-hmm. We are a group of individuals that represent a small foreign faction. Untoward. <sighs> we respect your business, but not the country that it serves. <laughs> oh, no. Sorry, that was a little bit of our coworker slipping in there. That was horrible. But anyway, so let's get into it because this whole thing is fucking weird. So first things first. 
In lines two to three, we are a group of individuals that represent a small foreign faction. This is a super fucking weird sentence because if you're trying to divert attention from yourself onto an organization, you would likely name that organization. And also, it's fucking redundant as hell. We are a group of individuals that represent a small foreign faction. Okay, are you all the foreign faction? Isn't it more ominous just say we? Yeah. And then it's like, oh, how many are there? Yes. Are there two of you? Are there 2,000 of you? We don't know. Don't you want them to know as little about you as possible? Probably, but not And if you want them to know that you're a little foreign faction, I mean, then name yourself. Yes. It's the same reason that we know who's behind terrorist attacks. Like It's like when people do something for another group, you want that group to get credit. That's why you're doing it. Yeah. And because it's normally missionary. Yep. So... It also gives notes of terrorist activity or tries to lead us that way. In the next sentence, in lines three to four, we respect your business, but not the country that it serves. Okay, cool. Why, first of all, why are you taking the kid of someone you respect? Yeah, and if you, like, why are you being nice to him? Why are you complimenting? It's just odd. It's like, love you, hugs and kisses. XOXO. But if you want your daughter alive, give me money. <laughs> hate the country. Hey, boss, babe. Like sliding in the DMs, like join my little MLM of a small foreign faction. Like <laughs> we still remember when I called you a fat fuck in seventh grade. Well, good news is I have this green tea that will that make you lose all that baby weight. Granted, you'll shit your brains out, but <laughs> do you want to join my pyramid scheme? And yes also, or yes. <laughs> I have your kid. I will kill her if you don't give me 118 grand. Yep. XOXO. Gossip girl. Like, what do you want? It is just, it's so, I can't say poorly written because it, I mean, grammatically, fairly correct. Yeah. But so odd and backwards from what you expect to see in an authentic ransom letter. Yeah. That this just, like, is flooded to me with, like, they're trying so hard to make this look like a ransom letter. Yeah. And it wasn't. The other thing that's really interesting is in the next line, so four to five, at this time we have your daughter in our possession. We have your daughter is a perfectly fine sentence. I am so curious as to why at this time was included. I feel like that was purposeful for whoever wrote it. And in our possession. Yeah. Like we have your daughter. That's it. Yep. That's all you need. At this time though. Okay. So when won't you have her? Hmm. Interesting. So the next place we're going to go is we're going to jump to line eight. You will withdraw $118,000 from your account. How do you know I have my $118,000 in my account? Maybe I keep it in the wall. Right. First. Okay. So yeah. First of all, we don't need that detail. Your account is just extra. It's not needed. And honestly, withdraw is not even necessary. We want $118,000 cash. Totally fine. But something that's weird here is the $118,000. So just the sole amount is really odd. Normally in a ransom letter, you'd ask for something round, or at least that's what we see most people do. Why not a hundred thousand? Why not 150,000? Fuck, this guy just had a billion dollar year at his company. Why not 200,000? It's his kid. He'd, he'd probably do it. Don't sell yourself short and ask for them. Ask that money. Let them work you down. Exactly. You ask higher. <laughs> Must've been a woman because we don't negotiate pay very it's well. True. So, mm. 
It's 117 to 135. Okay, 118. Could we do that? <laughs> yeah. Would that be okay? As long as that's okay with, with the, you. With you. Is it okay with you? It's okay with me. It's, it's, it's fine if you do and it's fine if you don't. Really, yeah. it's fine no matter what. Even secret option C. Right. Whatever you want. If your answer is nothing's okay, that's fine. That's okay with me. I will just take it. I'll accept it <laughs> and I'll run with it. Thank that you so fault. much. I really appreciate it. So... That's super fucking weird. Although there are a couple of theories as to this number. One being which we, well, this is going to be a slight review, but one we have talked about before, which is $118,000 at the time, directly translated to 1 million pesos, um, accounting for inflation and, you know, that transfer in 1996. Then another thought process on the $118,000 would be that's the exact sum that John got for his bonus that year. I'm in that camp. I'm also in that camp. That seems like the information that would be the most readily available for anyone to find out. I feel like this is terrible. If the Ramseys wrote this letter, right? Mm -hmm. And they're like, let's pick a number like... Shit, I mean, you just got the 118th. Well, we'll cash that. We'll just use that for this. Like, right. They just went with, like, what was easy. They were like, okay, so... Like, this was, like, three days Burke ago. Burke like, Taekwondo coming up. I don't really want to dip into that. Uh, Let's just hit your bonus. I mean, we can, we'll can. write that. We'll jot that right. down. People know that. Whatever. <laughs> uh, allegedly. So, <laughs> so, that is one possibility. Another possibility that would, you know be for people that are in the camp that the Ramses did it would be their assets at this time totaled one million and one hundred and eighteen thousand dollars. That's a certain coincidence, I feel like. like um, if they did this, they didn't even inconvenience themselves with the the ransom dollar amount. Yeah, they couldn't even made it like a hundred and twenty thousand and dip in a little. Like they like, truly and I don't know how I feel. Again, I think there's Ramses that are innocent. Even if one of them or a couple of them did it, there are people in that family that are innocent that deserve yeah. so much more than they've been given. But this just this whole note is so weird. Well, and the thing is, I have such a heart and such empathy for the Ramses after all of this happened because it was so much media press. Literally, like we've said, they were damned if they did and they were damned if they didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. But... If they did have anything to do with it, this is the dumbest setup you could possibly do. Hey, let's connect that to exactly inside information that we would know. And if they didn't do it, someone knew how to make them look like idiots. Uh, yeah. But then they also went on the news anyway. I mean, they, I don't know. I mean, they did, but they went on the news because they weren't getting help otherwise. And, and Yeah, in their mind. Granted, they were also refusing some of the help they were being asked to give, but... Then, you know, we just talked about all the tea in the fucking investigation. Nobody would even give the police help. So like you wanted a famous daughter. You wanted her on billboards, I'm sure. Like you did it. If she was on a magazine cover before she died at six. That was the trajectory, I guarantee you. You know what I mean? Like they, they were they were priming their family for the spotlight. Yeah. Maybe not this one, but not the one they. Yeah. Not the one they ended up with, but certainly prominent. Yes. So, super fucking weird. And that's the other thing, too, right? Like, you know they have prominence in their community. $118,000 is just such an odd number to request. The other 
conspiracy and I call it a conspiracy because I think they're related, but I don't think they're causal is that Patsy Ramsey's Bible was also open to Psalm 118. And that was a passage about sacrifice, which I believe it was like a human sacrifice, if not maybe an animal, but it had to do with like sacrificing a living thing, which is very uncomfortable. And how would someone writing a ransom note know I mean, was her Bible, I'm sure, next to her bedside table? Yeah, but I don't think this applies to write the note were in the Ramsey's room. So it's not like they were in there and said, oh, look at that. I'll write down that Bible verse. Right. But like they set it up like that. Right. Exactly. Yeah, no, but I mean, that's how close they had to have been to what the sleeping Ramsey's. Possibly. There's also theories that if she had been taken earlier in the night, they could have done that while the Ramsey's were still at the fleet and Priscilla party. Oh, okay. But, um, that's right. Cause they were only at the neighbor's house, right? They were just like across the street and they did come back and check in. Like they weren't being irresponsible about it, but you know, that still leaves a lot of room for things you can't see. Mm-hmm. So the other thing that's here that really is confusing to me is all of the specifics in detail on how to get the money. If I want $118,000, do you think I give a fuck what bills you give it to me in? I would love it to not be singles. Don't get me wrong. But even so, I'd roll around in those on my bed. You could just give me $118,000. Why do I give a fuck if it's in $100 bills or 20 bills? Absolutely. The other thing here is make sure that you bring an adequate size attache to the bank. This is weird for so many reasons. So... First of all, why would anybody ever freaking tell you to like make sure that your briefcase is big enough to fit all the money you're going to withdraw? Also, what an odd word to use. Attache, yeah. So that has some links to what make people think that Patsy wrote this letter. And I'll be I'll be honest. I'm in the camp that Patsy probably wrote this letter, but I don't think she had anything else to do with the crime. I'll explain more of that in our last episode. But I do think that this particular connection is a bit of a stretch, but I'll tell it to you anyway. So attache, first of all, the word is weird because it's like foreign and people do think that if the Ramses wrote this, that was like an attempt to make it look more foreign. It's also possible that if it was a foreign faction, they just freaking use foreign words. That's fine. Um, but what people use it to connect Patsy to writing the letter to is the attache at the end had the same accent over the E as Jean Bonnet's name. And people were like, oh, she's so used to writing the accent over E's that she wrote it. And I was like, she could also just be educated in like French <laughs> or. She- yeah, that's that's a stretch. I think there are a lot of other things in this letter that credit the point that they're trying to make and i think that lessens their argument exactly saying, oh well she's used to writing that anyway it's like no guy her last name is ramsey it has an e in it that doesn't have an accent over it if i'm not writing every e with an accent over it i'm not going to get so used to it i accidentally do it it's extra work it's a hundred percent easier to not do it it's just <laughs> i think that that the sort of grasping at straws and takes away from the point they're trying to make even though i agree with the point that they're trying to make exactly so then oh my god i am running rubbing off on you exactly (gasps) you are oh my gosh babe Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (coughs) oh my god (laughs) (coughs) oh and hold on oh so we're back 
So the next line, 10 to 11. When you get home, you will put the money in a brown paper bag. Why? 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 Why do we give a fuck? If he has to make sure the attache is big enough, why wouldn't he just bring the fucking brown paper bag that he's going to put the money in? Seriously. So then we move. And this is very interesting to me. Lines 11 to 12. The next sentence is, I will call you between 8 and 10 a.m. tomorrow to instruct you on delivery. First of all, we're now seeing a switch from we in the first paragraph to I. So now we're at the individual writing this. Pick a lane. Yeah. Do you want us to think it's a group or do you want us to think that it's you or do you want us to think that you're in charge of a group because none of it is making sense with how this is going? And if you're going to write me a novel, at least make it followable. Please. Respectfully. It sounds like someone's poor attempt at trying to make it sound like there's more than one person when it is just one person. Right. And the other thing that I think about this letter is there are so many errors like this because it would have had to be timed. Like it was done in a panic or a rush, no matter who wrote it. And so you don't have time to sit there and think like, hmm, would a killer say this or that? Or would a kidnapper say this or that? Mm-hmm. So just wild. So that's all fucking weird as hell. Yes. Then we get to lines 12 to 13, which is also interesting. The delivery will be exhausting, so I advise you to be rested. Back to I. But why are we giving pro tips to, like, our money donor in a hostage situation? Like, you guys aren't friends. If you care about his well-being and want him to be rested, why wouldn't you just ask for the money? Like, I know that's not what's going on, but you know what I mean? Like, No, it's just because it doesn't... It's like people who have not lived in the real world or have just been in their own little world for so long this is like what their impression of what normal might be on the outside like they're right. like they're like this must be what would happen if someone were to do this it's like where have you been like babe wake up read your tv it's not like, what's going on in what way did you think that that was likely the other thing that's confusing to me about this sentence is the delivery will be exhausting why? If the, if the main goal of this whole thing is to exchange girl for money, why does that have to be tiring? Like, it's stressful. Mm-hmm. But why does it need to be exhausting? And then we basically get further down. So if we monitor you getting the money early, we might call you early. Arrange an earlier delivery of the money and hence... A earlier delivery crossed out pickup of your daughter. Weird as hail. This whole thing. There's so much to break down in just this one sentence. But first of all, the word choice of monitor is fascinating because that implies some sort of surveillance, right? Some 24-7 access. If we see that this happens early, then we'll be early. Yeah, because we're watching. Right. Except... There's a clusterfuck of an investigation going on, but if we know what a real investigation that is not botched should have, that would include people surveying outside for what cars are there, what people are in the area. And to be fair, this could have been in a law enforcement report that wasn't published, but I don't think that anybody who's actually going to kidnap somebody for ransom would be obtuse enough to sit outside to watch them. No, I mean, 
was the investigation botched initially? Absolutely. But would the supposed kidnappers know that? No, they're going to think that they're on top of it. You have to be on the defensive. The other thing is, obviously, in hindsight, we know this not to be true because they did call police. They did call law enforcement. They did all of the things the letter says not to do. So without really being too concerned about the impacts of that. Yeah. So monitor is a fascinating word choice here. Also, we might call you. So we're back to we, by the way. We might call you to arrange an, an early or delivery. So we have proper grammar here and earlier delivery. And then later in the sentence, and hence a earlier delivery. So we've taken out an N. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is in attempts to make grammar look inconsistent, but it sure points out the fact that they know how to use grammar and don't use it properly here. Mm-hmm. Also, Hence is a fascinating word choice because this is also another one of those clues linking Patsy and John to the letter. Ooh, I don't like that. Yes. So in their Christmas card, they had and hence in reference to, I believe, like biblical salvation. They talk about how if Jesus had not come, then there would be no assurance of God. And hence, no, like, afterlife or heaven or something like that. And so it is interesting that it's used in that way. It's also interesting that, you know, hence is very specific. Hence is basically an advanced synonym for so or therefore. And if you're really from a foreign faction, are you educated enough to know how to properly use the word hence, but not how to properly grammar an earlier pickup? It's fascinating to have those right in a row. Then we have the fact that delivery is fucking crossed out. So whoever wrote this wrote a earlier delivery. And then they were like, hold up, we're not door dashing hostages. Mm-hmm. BRB, you can pick her up. So then it's pickup of your daughter. And it's not like, oh, this is COVID uh, contactless delivery. Yeah. <laughs> Ring the bell, drop it at the door. And then fucking book it to your car, run away <laughs> like someone's coming after you. I hope that the license plates weren't too obvious. Like, ugh. So then we move on to this next paragraph, right? Any deviation of my instructions, so we're back to the first person, will result in the immediate execution of your daughter. Pick a lane. You will also be denied her remains for proper burial. This sentence is fascinating to me because if you remember from the investigation episode, the beef that started the war between the Ramses and the Boulder Police Department was the fact that they couldn't have her body for a proper burial. And just that specific wording repeated here is eerie. And also, the Ramses were religious, but they didn't seem to be overly religious. They clearly weren't religious enough to care about Old Testament rules, like not mixing textiles in your outfits, or John Bonet probably wouldn't have been able to be in pageants. But. Yes. They were religious. They went to church. It just doesn't seem like that's really how they presented themselves in the public eye. Like that was a part of their lives. It just didn't seem like to be what the Ramses were known for. They're no. known for having billion dollar corporations and star pageant daughters. Yeah. And so the idea that someone would know 
denying someone remains for proper burial would be a trigger point for them is wild. That indicates a level of closeness that you would have to be pretty damn close friends in their church or them. I mean, I, th- I think so. I also think that there's some credit in just like having your loved one home. Because I mean, in, depending on what you believe in too, there's there's beliefs that you don't get into whatever that afterlife is if you're not buried properly. Right. And I, I agree. I think that properly treating remains and having that closure and that space to heal and work through and all of that is important. But for me, it's the wording, a proper burial. Okay. Yeah. In conjunction with everything else in this is just screaming a Ramsey wrote this. Right. And also it's just, it's all just word choice, right? So like if they had said, you know, you won't get your daughter back, that would be fine. Yeah, that that would still mean not a proper burial. Once again, um, we have your daughter give us $118,000 in cash, don't tell the police. Would be fine. Mm-hmm. But if they're going to add all of this in, <laughs> you won't get her back. It's concise enough. You don't need to add that extra element of detail. So then we get to the two gentlemen watching over your daughter do not particularly like you. So I advise you not to provoke them. We're back to I. <laughs> And also, watching over your daughter is very interesting. We could have said watching your daughter, but this extra word tells us more, right? So watching over something is different than watching something. I don't watch over my TV. I watch my TV. I watch over a child if I'm babysitting. Mm -hmm. I watch a pageant if that child is performing in the pageant. You're not watching over the pageant. (laughs) Right. There's an element of safety and security that comes with this ideology of watching over something like God watching over people. That's something that's said a lot. It's this comfort, like comfort, I think that it's meant to include of like, you're safe. There's something bigger than you watching out for you because it's physically over you. But I think that adding that in this sentence is very weird because if your whole idea is that you will execute this person, why would two people be watching over them? So that's weird. Also, do not particularly like you is very passive language. And this is actually what led the FBI investigator at the time to believe this was written by a woman because women tend to be more passive aggressive or not direct with threats like this. That is kind of the tip off sign. But more interesting than that, I think, is the do not particularly Not was added in. So the original sentence read, the two gentlemen watching over your daughter do particularly like you. And then not was added sort of, not necessarily like with a carrot, but up in the lines above. So, okay, weird. And then why are you giving advice? Once again, I advise you not to provoke them. What does that mean? Are you saying that on your end of the deal, if John says the wrong thing while he's doing this, you're going to kill her anyway? Because at the bottom, you say she has a 100% chance of getting back if you follow the directions. Mm -hmm. So this is a very ominous advice, but it's advice that is unneeded. Oh, my God. And completely contradicts things they later say. So then we get to speaking to anyone about your situation, such as police, FBI, etc., will result in your daughter being beheaded. If we catch you talking to a stray dog, she dies. If you alert bank authorities, she dies. If the money is in any way marked or tampered with, she dies. You will be scanned and for electric devices, and if any are found, she dies. 
So this is such an interesting little section of writing here because first and foremost, we are back to we. We have stopped with the I. There's no more personal advice. We're back to a foreign faction. There's no I in team. Exactly. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> um, but there is in dies, and they wrote she dies four times. Oh. So this is also why originally upon arrival, the FBI thought that JonBenet was already dead. Ugh. Typically in ransom letters, when the threat of death is on the table, it's in future tense because the hostage is not dead yet. That's the point of having the hostage. Mm -hmm. So if you do this, she will die. She will die. She will die. That would be a different story. But she dies is very present tense. And that is what made the FBI agent initially think that she was dead. And then they got her there and she was dead. Yeah, you take away your leverage of the the hostage. You Mm -hmm. know, you tip your cards and say, oh, she's already dead. Then you're not going to get your money. Not your monies. So, very interesting with that little section. And it's unnecessary. I mean, obviously, don't tell the police or, like, law enforcement. Don't alert authorities would be fine. Don't Mm -hmm. alert authorities. That's, what, three words, four, if you count the contraction. This is not needed. This is, like, five or six lines of writing that is just completely unnecessary. Why does it matter if he talks to a stray fucking dog? Is he not allowed to talk to Patsy to figure out where the fucking eight hundred and eighteen thousand dollars is? Where are the rules? It just it, none of it makes sense. It doesn't. And it's just so freaking frustrating. You stand a ninety percent chance or ninety nine percent chance of killing your daughter if you try to outsmart us. Okay, back to well, we're still in us. We haven't left that yet. Um, follow our instructions and you stand a 100% chance of getting her back. Okay. Mm. You and your family are under constant scrutiny as well as the authorities. I'm not sure what this has to do with $118,000. Yeah. Or the daughter. This is like embellishment. It ha- the 95% of the letters embellishment. Yeah. It is. And then my second to last interesting chunk is this last one. Don't don't try to grow a brain, John. You are not the only fat cat around. So don't think that killing will be difficult. Don't underestimate us, John. Use that good southern common sense of yours. It is up to you now, John! Exclamation point. So why start Mr. Ramsey? Well, exactly. And also switching to John shows a level of comfort or familiarity with the person or it shows disrespect which then don't start with mr ramsey it yeah why even address it because they decided halfway through what the hell they were gonna write it yeah and there are a few things in here that also indicate maybe a closer relationship with john ramsey like use that good southern common sense of yours they're in boulder colorado right now their other home is in Michigan. There's nothing tying him to the South. He is originally from Georgia. But, I mean, I guess if you can find out that his bonus was $118,000, you can probably figure out where he was born. But, like, it's just very interesting. Yeah. That's a really interesting addition into this. Also, you are not the only fat cat around. 
Who says that? It's very curious to me. But everybody wants to be a cat. Mm. Because a cat's the only cat. Who knows where it's at? Okay. And then lastly, <laughs> Victory SBTC. ATFTC. No, baby, that's us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 okay. <laughs> SBTC, we don't know what it stands for. But worth noting is that there's a period after every letter except for C. Oh my God, did they like copy our I know. Instagram? They're like, hey, babes. So it's SBTC with little periods in between all the words. <laughs> <laughs> they did. Oh, um, that's so bad. There are a few different connections here to what SBTC might mean. One that I thought was really funny that last podcast on the left brought up was the Santa Barbara Tennis Club. <laughs> That is screaming Henry Zabrowski. It, yeah, saying that. It, I'm it, pretty sure it was. It had to have been. I mean, well, Ben can can throw some down, too. I don't know. But that seems like a Henry thing. Yeah, I think it was a Henry thing. <laughs> Santa Barbara Tennis Club. The Santa Barbara Tennis Club. John Ramsey would be like, oh, I'm canceling my... <laughs> we are a foreign faction. I know. <laughs> We're not from Colorado. We're from Santa Barbara. Oh, my God. Anyway... So that's one. That's not likely it, but we'll move on. No, probably not. Another theory here is related to John Bonet's last meal. We'll get more into that in the next episode of the evidence. But spoon, bowl, tea, and cup were all basically a part of her last meal. It was a little snack of pineapple, and there was a cup full of tea next to it. So ominous there, but that's a theory that people have. And then... There is SBTC, and this is probably the camp that I'm in, which is saved by the cross. And this is used in reference to speak of victory over Satan. So that would tie in the victory and the SBTC. And fascinating to me, just the word use of that hence again, from like a Christmas letter in relationship to a religious concept, to this letter where it uses both. And if they really are meaning victory, SBTC, like victory um saved by the cross you know that's a pretty heavy relation i think i mean i think that makes the most sense yeah so wow that is 36 lines of ransom note how are y'all holding up that's a lot are you guys okay because i'm not i can't even speak with a regular cadence anymore but we're hanging in there you know how it is So there are a couple of things here that do tie the Ramseys to this letter. The first one that I wanted to note is just that, again, the pad and paper and the pen that was used to write it was at the residence. So we know where the original pad was found. We know where the pen is that wrote the letter. And it was in the Ramseys' home. It's like as if to say, I'm going to stroll around there. I'm going to see if I can find something to write on. I'm going to find a pad, find the pen, write a draft, rip it up, mm-hmm. start again, write three pages. And grab, then put everything back. Yeah. Grab who or what I was there for. Yep. And then leave. Yep. I mean, how much time does that take? And don't you risk the chance of getting caught at any moment if you do it before taking the hostage. And if you do it after taking the hostage, you're trying to subdue this hostage the entire time you're writing three pages of paper. And if you believe the theory that there's relevance in the Bible passage, then you also have to factor in that 
that took time to go into the Ramsey's bedroom, flip open to that page, leave it there, and then go about. I mean, right. Or go up there, see what it's open to, and pick a fucking number. You know, like you. Th- those are your options. So another theory on things in this letter that would tie it to the Ramses would be certain words in the notes, such as instruction, monitor, execution, scanned, electronic, or device are all computer terms. And John Ramsey's business was Access Graphics, um, a computer distribution company. So that was part of it. That, to me, feels a little bit weaker, but it's possible. I mean, yeah, you have to think about jargon people use in day to day, and that would definitely impact what you're going to say subconsciously. But yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's not a, the strongest for me. I think it's a little bit of a stretch, but I do see maybe where they're coming from. Because, I mean, it is very wordy. Seems like they're using words that they use frequently. If we're going to count hence and right. these proper burial and all of that. Yeah, all the things yeah. that they're considering in that. So I can see that. It it sounds a lot like John Ramsey is whispering in Patsy's ear and she's writing this down. That's what I thought too. And then they like read it over and then that's where that like carrot to the do not, not particularly like you i think i think that came from rereading it and realizing she forgot the not yeah and they were just like oh shit like they proofread this they drafted and proofread it i would have taken a red pen to this shit (laughs) and then rewrote it so it wasn't this fucking bad so the other thing that i i mean i'm kind of in that camp too something that leads me to believe that though is where we were talking about how the fbi thought it was a woman writing because of the passive language so while we have the super passive language of a woman writing, I also see a lot of very intense words in here like execution or killing or beheading, which are maybe a little more aggressive than a female writer would put down. So that to me is like, yes, maybe it's a woman writing it, but maybe it's not a woman drafting it, coming yeah. up with what to say. Um, next would be again the weird 118,000 that's a very interesting connection to them and then lastly what I wanted to do and this is my favorite part of this whole thing handwriting analysis did rule out that John Ramsey wrote the letter but handwriting analysis did not rule out the fact that Patsy Ramsey may have written the letter and I'm going to play for you a numbers game I am but a, a mathematician, if you will. I'm, I'm not at all. But I do like stats. I understand them. They make sense to me. It's logical. And when you start to combine things, stats get even more powerful, right? So there are a few different type styles here that we see for Patsy Ramsey's handwriting. And these happen both in the ransom note and pageant applications for John Bonet. So we have samples to match to. I'm going to go through a list of different handwriting analysis samples and tell you at the end what the odds are that all of these people would have all of these traits in common. Love it. Cool. So example number one, Patsy Ramsey switches back and forth between printed block letters and cursive script letters at random when printing. So this would be like the cursive A that's like cute and has no top and then the Script A would be the one with like the curvy top to it. The possible variations for this are three different kinds. Either you write it entirely with one A, entirely with the other one, or both. And the odds that you would have one of these three in common would be one in three. That makes sense. 
Exhibit two is connecting the letter T. So I'm going to combine two here. The letter T connects with an E and an H. So the fact that you would cross your T and connect it to the next letter is a one in two chance as either you do or you don't. And that happens twice. So T to an E and a T to an H. All right. So then we're going to go down. Then we get to the Y, which, by the way, there are a shit ton of ways to write Ys. So too many. I'll go over them. There's three with a Y that has an angular top and there are three with a Y that has the U-shaped top. So if you were to write the letter Y, um, you could write it in six ways. Patsy Ramsey forms the letter Y with a U-shaped arc to the right, followed by a straight line downward. So for her, it's like a U with a long line. For other people, you could do the straight tail like Patsy does. You could do a curved tail to the left or you could do a looped tail. And then there are other people that will do one straight line, like form their Y with two strokes. So a straight line down and a straight line on the other side or a straight V up top and a curve to the left or a straight V and a loop. So that was a one in six chance that she would share that with the writer of this. Then we get to the left overhang on capital letters this i think is just a stylistic choice but there is a one in three chance that this would happen and patsy ramsey starts capital letters with an overhang on the left side of the vertical line rather than starting at the top point of the line so like i don't know the fancy curve on top of an m rather than just starting the m then we get to the connected letter e which is patsy Ramsey connects the tail on her lowercase e to the next letter she prints. This is another one in two. Then we get to the letter I formation. Patsy does her eyes where it's a slight sweeping motion to the right, forming a small hook instead of just a straight downward stroke. Um, this is a one in four odds. So either you could do this with an eye that's just one line and the dot, an eye where it hooks to the right, or an eye where it hooks to the left, or one in which there are tails on both ends like in cursive. That's a one in four chance. And then <laughs> the last one that I'm going to look at here is the connected letter A. So Patsy Ramsey also connects the horizontal stroke on a capital A to the following letter. And this is another one in two. So we get down to it and we do the math, right? So it's a three to one chance times two to one chance times a three to one chance times a six to one chance times a three to one chance times a two to one chance times a two to one chance times a four to one chance times a two to one chance. And you want to know what the odds are that Patsy Ramsey would match all of these styles to the same person who wrote this letter? I didn't quite hear it. Could you repeat it? No. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What are the odds that all of these things would exist in one person in one letter? One in 10,368. Oh. Mm-hmm. So that lowers it quite a bit. Yeah. Then. It's looking a lot like Patsy. Let's look at the Boulder, Colorado population right now. Uh, right now, currently, it's just over 100,000. I think it's 108. So let's say that's roughly 10 to 11 people that could have been in the entire, you know, community of Boulder, Colorado. And it's and, and the population, I'm sure it's only grown, so it was less than. Right. Then if we know that it was a woman who wrote it, or we at least use that to help narrow our search, well, let's call them six of that. And then we have to look at how many of those six women um, would be close enough to John to know any of these things. So to me, that's pretty damning evidence for Patsy Ramsey. 
it is not beyond a reasonable doubt. I have plenty of reasonable doubts. I have reasonable doubts about everything in this fucking case. That that's why it's still unsolved because right. there's so much doubt. But for me, it's pretty damning. That holds some weight for me. There's a lot here. And no, none of this is going to be the science that solves this case. But it's all very interesting and important to know when you're looking at the rest of the facts to know what you're actually looking for. What is important? What doesn't matter? The problem with unsolved cases is that anything could be the thing and everybody wants to be the one to find that thing. But not everything is going to be anything. And even if she wrote this letter, I don't personally believe that she had anything to do with the killing of her daughter. But that's not to say that she wouldn't do something to help for people that she cares about. So that is the ransom letter, friends. Oh, yeah, even oh Mia's getting God, in on it. I hope the mic picked that up. I hope that did got you picked agree? up. You yeah. did. You guys, that was Mia coming around. She's actually ringing the bedtime bell. Yeah, she's she's so cute. She said, Mom, it's time for snugs. She said, I want to go to sleep. Well, I think I, I, I'm, I struggle to make sense of this. I can't imagine it being someone not in the home Yeah. for the reasons that we just spent an hour telling you about it to me it's just not possible not even a close family friend like i'm thinking okay they know they're at the party let me sneak into the house these are things that they they wouldn't know these are these are private conversations that probably happened at the dinner table and i think giving credit to the handwriting is a big piece of it i don't think that anybody should ever be convicted on something as subjective as that. Right. But I think it's a really good tool to point you in the right direction. The issue is they never gave any interviews afterwards. Nope. Well, yes, but not well. And not without their like laundry list of conditions they <laughs> thought that would be met. Yeah. So, I don't know. This This one is really a doozy. And I'm excited. I mean... I think we'll have a better conversation once we get through the other evidence because I think this combined with some of the other things gives you a much clearer picture of the boundaries that this person would have had to be in to, I don't know, for any of this to happen. You know what I mean? To get in there to write a three-page letter to kidnap and then kill a girl and then hide her in the home in a place where the door sticks. You know what I mean? Like... There are so many circumstantial pieces of evidence here. And I've said it before. Circumstantial evidence is never enough to prove a case. But enough circumstantial evidence gives you a really clear picture of the circumstances. And that can be very helpful. Absolutely. And if I think if I try to make sense of this, trying to be black and white, Mm -hmm. someone enters the home, finds a notepad, finds a pen, drafts up a letter, gets rid of that one, writes a new one, puts everything back, leaves the letter down there. Plays with the Bible, apparently, <laughs> in the bedroom. Grabs John Bonet, Kills her in a basement? What's mm. the fucking point of the ransom note? You left her there. You're not even going to get your six digits and you're lucky as hell they didn't check the basement before they read the letter. It's like... And keep in mind, their house had two staircases. I do wonder if the Ramses, if 
they were responsible. If they locked that door and made it, like, impossible to open, and then John goes down and, like, has the key or whatever, and he's like, oh, I just had to kick it. Yeah. Just had to put your shoulder in it. There's a lot of things here that I have been trying to give them the benefit of the doubt, but it's stuff like that. It creeps in your mind. They have every ability to do it, even if they didn't do it. And the hard part with us not knowing is that that opens the door for all of that to be considered. And, you know, I believe that regardless of whether or not they had any part in the cover up or I will say at least Patsy, I I can't listen to that 911 call. It's rough. I mean, even though I do believe she had some part in the cover up. Your kid is still gone. Mm-hmm. That you have to process that at some point. Do you believe any of the rumors? Well, rumors, the suspicions and conspiracies that someone mumbled something in the back, in the background of the of the nine one one call. I don't. Because people try really hard to make sense of what could have been said at that time, saying that that would point you in the right direction and. And that's one of those things to me that's like anything could be everything. And Mm -hmm. yes, maybe. But also, listen, if the Ramseys did this, this letter is nothing but proof that they were not the best at figuring out how to cover up their crimes. But I don't think they'd be obtuse enough to say damning evidence on a recorded 911 call. Where I am right now Mm -hmm. in what we've talked about. Yes. There is no doubt in my mind. That Patsy wrote that letter. Yeah. I also don't think that she thought it up on her own. Yeah. I think John had a role in it. And if I think of what might bring a parent to do that, I think it's the fear of losing their children. Yeah. So in my mind, John Bonet died accidentally. Okay. Burke's responsible. Okay. They can't bring John Bonet back. Nope. But they will lose Burke. And they can protect him. And they need that's all they know how to do. They cannot fathom losing both of their children. Yeah. I mean it God, just, I don't it just know. I don't makes have sense. kids. I might do the same thing, but I get you. That makes such logical sense to me. Because I don't think that there were these malicious intentions in this. I do feel like she died accidentally or Burke killed her purposefully. And it was done for the same reason. And yeah, I mean, you know, you consider, okay, was he, was he jealous of the attention she got? Is he? He's also 10. Sexually maturing and she's in provocative clothing and three inches of makeup on her face and... In these very sultry positions and poses. Photo shoots and all that. That are probably framed around their home. Yep. And, yeah, we'll get into all of that in depth next week. Ugh. And then after that, even more in depth because that'll be the suspect episode. Oh, my God. And then, you guys, I'll share my thoughts and what I think happened. I know. I'm completely just speculating over here. And... I'll talk about what to look out for with the upcoming, you know, updates and all of that. I'll try to keep you guys updated, too, as I hear about stuff. But, um, yeah, I'm so excited. So that's the trajectory. We should only have a few more. You guys. 
Jumping A, we're doing the deep dive. Thank you guys for hanging out. If you want to see the Instagram post that we'll have for this episode, along with the ransom note, mm-hmm. give us a follow on our Instagram page. Abby, where can they find that? That is so good that you asked that. They could actually find that at About Time for True Crime Pod with periods in between all those words. So that would be About Period Time Period for the word, F O R, mm. period. Time, period, true, period, crime, period, pod, not podcast. Get it right. Yeah, and like, why wasn't it podcast? Because it was too long. Instagram wouldn't let us. Oh my God. It's probably a good call, though. Or you could email us, and you could email us at about time, the number four, TC at Gmail. So that is A B O U T T I M E, the numeral four tc as in like to crime right you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. yeah, at gmail.com oh i love it send us your thoughts your comments your concerns don't send us like any weird dreams you have about john benet ramsey i don't Ew. think i want to know that, Is that a i thing? don't i don't People, know like, have i'm dreams just about saying her? like i don't I don't want to dream about it unless she's like a medium and she's speaking to you and like telling you what happened. Then I'd actually be super down. Yeah, then you should tell us. If you guys went whitewater rafting or some shit, that's super cool. Actually, definitely add that in. But like, I want extras too. That can't be the only purpose. You also need to send us cat pictures. Cat pictures. Pod pictures. Pod pat. Pod pets. Oh my goodness. Pod pets. We need the pod pets. Pod pets, pod cats. Get them our way. But we appreciate you guys hanging out with us. We, again, are having these conversations anyway. We love to include you. We need your help, though. Spread the word. Tell a friend. Repost a little little Instagram post. Follow and download. Rate, review, leave us cute little things that you're like, oh my gosh, this is so fun. Or like, these people say exactly and um so many fucking times so many fucking times and um that's exactly right (laughs) so (laughs) you guys we need to go Allie and i've been together for over 12 hours today which is still not enough but here we are yep and uh i need to go to bed yep so love you all i'm gonna snug bean um but looking at my watch that was definitely about about time time for true crime. crime bye